welcome, welcome everyone back to the Main Menu Podcast. Z&D time again, and we've started a brand new season, brand new adventure. So uh, without further ado and much dilly-dallying, let's go ahead and open it up. The new Mr. Master of the season, let's go ahead and start it. Well, it's starting on a small journey with each of you to start the game. And uh, first we're going to start with Blake Bender. Blake Bender is a news reporter now, but he thinks back to a simpler time. I mean, he thinks back to warm summer's day as a child and uh, gets home his friend Steve's house. He's been playing with action figures, mothership edition. So he's going to finally go get back home. He's kind of he's kind of a little bit of a mama's boy. He, he has a special, uh, particularly special relationship with his mom so he he knocks on the or he walks in and uh he doesn't really see her anywhere and uh he's kind of hey, mom where are you he's kind of a young kid at this point he uh walks into his parents room expectantly uh to find his mom and uh inside he finds a horrifying image his mom that he loves so much is uh she's being attacked and uh it's uh dad is on top of her <laughs> and they're wrestling he quickly wants to protect her, so he hops on the bed. Is what are you doing? Get off my mom! And he quickly realizes uh, his dad is not on top of his mom. It's some strange woman, and uh, he kind of jumps off the bed. And he's like, "Oh, what the heck is going on?" Uh, and he's he's unable to process what he's seeing. He's, his dad is with uh, another woman, and they were fighting. But <laughs> but he runs out of the room, and he tries to find his mom. And he goes into another room, and the next thing he knows, he sees his mom and with another guy and they're all so naked and, and wrestling but uh from that point forward kind of spends little little time communicating with his parents you know them being swingers not really understanding it uh, until he gets older just trying to forget and uh he goes to college picks up a job at a college as a news reporter and uh he's always getting his big hands dirty thick of danger even so much that he got his big break he was called over to iraq to interview uh, osama bin laden and uh, of course him being an american reporter things didn't go over so well and uh but he was able to end off al-qaeda just his buddy's camera and until the navy seals got there and uh, made quite a story many years passed and now it is uh current day he uh so you get out of your car there and uh, kind of realize why you're here. Um, there's been new recent uh, reports of cannibals going crazy, attacking each other. Uh, riots for no reason, kind of in the area. And this is uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So realize that, you know, I have time before tomorrow to cover the story. Hey, I'm going to go visit my mom. I believe I'm saying this. But uh, this is where your mom last uh, settled down in this quaint little neighborhood on the outside of this uh, humble city. And so you haven't actually been here yet. You've never seen her yet. You really haven't cared to go visit her. Um, but now you feel like you're kind of, I don't really know why. Like, why am I here? What am I doing? But uh, before you know it, your hand is already knocked on the door. You're reluctantly knocking. And... Uh, kind of strange when you knock your hand kind of uh, opens the door a little bit so the door wasn't latched <clears throat> it creaks open a little bit 
in this unfamiliar living room, there is this uh, archway, like a decorative archway, part of the house, uh, with a long, dark hallway leading into uh, what you presume to be the bedroom. Presuming the bedroom is at the end of the hall, there's some strange noises coming from behind the door. Kind of like, I can't believe we're doing this again. Like, I don't know what's going on. And so, uh, walk through this long, dark hallway, and it's really giving you the creeps more than you've ever felt before. And I fought and, uh, you walk So you slowly walk, uh, open the door, you know, like, Mom, what are you doing? It's me, your son. Come here to visit. And uh, you see, unfortunately for you, there's a man on top of her. They're wrestling oh. before. You Not scream, again. you just... You can't believe it. Not again. It's like my childhood all over again. And uh, do you do you speak out? Do you do you go to walk over and, and lay the guy out? And you as a, a person, you typically uh, you try to talk things out normally, but it'd be understandable, you know, if you wanted to just go lay this guy out. Oh, I don't want to sleep with him. That's my mom's job. Uh, I'm going to observe the room a little bit better. See, the man really noticed you yet kind of having fun but around the room there's clothes it's really messy uh, there was it seems like stuff everywhere like mom is usually a neat person huh. room is in in shambles you see that there is a mirror in the vanity is broken for some reason the door is kind of hanging on one hinge as you stand there uh, contemplating to do next the the man sits up from his uh, straddle over your mother and he looks at you and uh, you immediately see that something's not right he's very pale and uh, this black cast hair <laughs> uh, starkly contrasts his very white skin and uh, but that even that in a second becomes unnoticeable from the huge amounts of thick red blood all over this guy it's hanging from his or it's dripping from his face uh, down below and you know your mom was kinky but it seems a little too kinky <laughs> even for her I don't know if they uh, what kind of stuff they got into but it wasn't like that it's uh there's skin hanging from between his teeth and he's got these uh, foggy glassy eyes that are now completely fixed on you and you notice that now that he's turned around, you give in view to your mother, and she's unrecognizable. Her face is open like a clam, and her rib cage is, is sticking out every which way. You can see it. It's visible. She's just opened, like her whole body. And it's a disgusting, like, she's just, there's, you can't even recognize that this was even a person. She's just a pulpy mess. But the man is, uh, he's getting up and, uh, he's now hobbling across the room towards you. So I'm going to need you to make a constitution check. Teen. Right? So <clears throat> you, your legs want to move and your mouth wants to scream. You can't. Completely frozen. And, uh, and, uh, he hobbles over to you and, uh, his arms kind of reach out, kind of attempt to latch onto you, but your reflexes kick in at this point, and you kind of uh, lean to the side, and he kind of hobbles over in one direction, and so you evade him. 
really know what the heck is going on at this point, but you know you need to get out of the house. So, it's your move. It's probably not good, probably futile to try to fight. Is your, uh, yeah, is your way on, uh, back to the sidewalk, you had to run through that hallway, long dark hallway, and it just felt so claustrophobic. And uh, luckily you kept yourself from tripping, uh, but you kind of almost were running on all fours because of speed and the sudden you tried to run. You're finally out of the house. And uh, upon exiting, your car is gone. And uh, you notice some people running around. Uh, They're in a a tizzy, if you will. And uh, you see fire and smoke stacks like towering in the sky like all of a sudden and up pulls this van <laughs> and uh this uh funny looking guy long blonde hair uh viewing out from a beanie uh, leans forward he said hey man we're just driving in the area man hop in we're going to get some safety man how you doing goldilocks <laughs> don't have any beans for you today <laughs> so uh with no other option <laughs> you uh feel compelled to get in the van a volkswagen uh a green van um with uh sven kind driver and uh on your way to the van uh you can see the zombie from the bedroom kind of stumbles out the doorway he's reaching for you so you drive off Next is Axel Rod, as he thinks back to a simpler time. Uh, Axel, you go ahead and make a strength check. Okay, so uh, Axel is uh, on the side of the road in a quaint, uh, it's kind of a rundown neighborhood, um, kind of nicer in some areas. Uh, Axel is just successfully uh, moved his giant dresser. Uh, he's kind of young, but he's still managed. It was big enough to be very heavy, but small enough for him to manage to get this giant dresser into the back of the of his car. His family, crappy, jalopy. He didn't have any help. Uh, in the front seat was his mother, uh, Delina. And in the seat behind that was his other mother, Danielle. And they're both on the phone. They're making calls. Uh, one is calling about, you know, pleading with the landlord, like, please, we can... Just give us another week. We can come up with rent. And uh, the other one is making calls about, you know, they had a food stamps. They just got shorted. So she's on the phone trying to figure out how to uh, you know, get their food stamps back. Because what a terrible time to be reducted. And uh, if you're thinking that his only has two mothers and they're lesbians, then you would be wrong. Uh, he actually has eight mothers. It was a uh, <laughs> a homecoming a uh, party gone wrong. And uh, <laughs> from the same father, uh, he's part of a eight-wife polygamous <laughs> family household. And uh, so he finally moves the stressor into the car, and uh, they kind of uh, pull up get back to their house, which is luckily right around the corner. And 
as soon as they pull up, before his feet even touch the ground, uh, Axel's dad is already yelling at him. Uh, he's yelling at uh, Axel. He's he's yelling at uh, Selena and Danielle about who knows what. And uh, Selena's kind of the more ballsier one, and she kind of uh, musters up the courage. You know, she says, "What are you? What are you so particularly mad about?" He's just sitting in a in a lawn chair in the lawn. Hey, I'm doing plenty, woman. I'm drinking all my <laughs> beer and trying to eat my cheeses, but somebody took them. <laughs> and he uh, proceeds to complain about his uh, Cheez-Its and also, for more importantly, for the fact that uh, he just gotten word one of their fellow sister wives, Maurice, uh, killed herself today. Um, she worked at a factory, a uh, sausage plant, and she just threw herself right in the machine, killed her, killed herself, maybe because of the horrible circumstances. You know, living in a house that makes their terrible jalopy of a car look good. But uh, yelling back and forth and Selena saying things that uh, Jimmy Bob does not like. Insulting his intelligence, saying, you know, maybe she's better off killing herself. You know, you're a terrible provider. You don't do anything for us. And he's yelling back. There's so much yelling. So I'm going to need Axel to make a uh, con-, con check institution so you are going absolutely crazy and that kind of fits well into your character so you're kind of holding both your hands to your ears like trying to shut them up you just can't you just you need to get out of the situation so you just kind of start walking down the uh the sidewalk before you know it just there's no other option it's just what i have to do i have to get away i can't go in the house because there's yelling from all my other siblings in there and, and, and all my other moms and i just have to get away it's just so screwed up and so you make it a good uh couple houses down and then you start to hear your father's voice jimmy bob he completely redirects his rage from other women and uh he starts calling your name he sees you walking down the sidewalk axel you get the frick back here i'm gonna kill you get back here right now i don't know if he's particularly more drunk off of his rocker than usual but you get this feeling that he he's going to end you if he gets you so uh either make a tech check to see if he can hide or he's gonna try to kill you He's getting closer. What's a tech check? Uh, technique? Seven, eight. So you go, uh, there's the neighbor's bushes right here. And you kind of go hide into the bushes. And uh, your dad's kind of strolling up the sidewalk. You think you're peering at him through the trees. You, you don't know if he saw you. And uh, he looks like he's going to walk by. And then all of a sudden he charges your position his hand reaches through the bushes and he grabs you and uh yeah he immediately hurts you uh he does 16 damage <laughs> and it's your turn <laughs> so do you choose to run away or fight this guy is he joking me no he punched you in the face Actually, you're on the ground, so you have three actions in combat. But, uh, he laid you out on the ground, uh, kind of further into the, the neighbor's bushes. So you'll need an action to get back up. 
then you have two more actions. I'm running. Running? Yeah. So you have a movement of five? Alright, so you run around the corner of the house and uh, see the dad chasing you. They're doing a roundabout uh, ring around the rosy around this person's house and uh, see, you see their rather nice pool in the backyard. You know, as a being thought, you wish you were as lucky as this family. How lucky they must be. And so uh, the dad's coming real close to you now with his beer still in hand, and uh, he breaks it on the side of the house, and uh, presumably as a shiv to finish the job. And uh, right before he does that, uh, you see the neighbor actually come out, and uh, holding they're holding a gun. They must have heard the scuffle. And uh, kind of fuzzy remembering what happened that day. That was a long time ago. You were just a kid. You were actually a pretty young kid at that point. And uh, now it is current day. You wake up kind of on the side of the highway in the forest. You've actually been living in the forest for most of your life now. uh, Living off the land and just having just been completely fed up with the noise you almost you swear off all the noise you kind of be quiet uh, even under yourself kind of been moving recently even uh you don't know how many states away you ended up after that day or, or where you even began it's hard to even remember it's a different lifetime ago but uh you got a tip from an old family friend uh that your father was last seen in uh, ann arbor michigan you just kind of found yourself wandering uh to ann arbor you know, you're thinking like, what am I going to do? Am I going to confront him? You know, like show him who's boss? Like, do I get it back at him after that day that he almost killed me? Or am I going to try to like forgive him? Maybe he's a different person. I, I don't know. You're kind of headed back that way. And uh, this nice group of guys pulls up in a green a Volkswagen a hippie van. Hey, man, you, you're heading where are you headed, man? And of course, you tell them you're going to Ann Arbor, and they're like, "Hop in, man. That's where we're going, man. Perfect, dude." And Dustin also thinks back, simpler time. Pretty much had a normal childhood, and. Uh, he had a lot of pleasant memories. That um, was, of course, until his house burned down. But yeah, he had a nice mom and dad, and they kind of helped him through that. Get acquainted in a, a new school after they had to move, and uh, ended up moving to California. Where a lot of wildfires were, and uh, Dustin followed in his father's footsteps, becoming a firefighter. And uh, he also had a brother named Nolan. And uh, they would fight uh, three of them as a family. They'd fight a lot of wildfires together. Uh, you know, his dad would always tell him, you know, respect the fire. It's beauty. It's beautiful. But uh, you got to respect it. Powerful. It's a living thing. One day, uh, as the, <laughs> the three of them got a uh, call, it was a local community. They had a pretty raging forest fire. Um, was going to sweep the town and uh, of course they're trying to warn the community of the wildfire and they couldn't get there in time and it was just this huge blaze the three of them had to try to extinguish 
at the same time. <clears throat> Nolan was rushing into this house trying to save the, of this family. And, uh, and you go in to uh, try to you know, also save them. See what you can do. As you get to your, your brother, you realize that he was standing there kind of completely frozen. Um, he was just staring at the flame inside the house. And uh, he was completely hypnotized. Um, it is a real thing um, that fire can do. You just can get completely captivated by it. You, you, you kind of lose sense of your body at that point. But uh, uh, the roof started to collapse, and uh, your brother Nolan was completely consumed by the flames. The roof kind of came crashing down on you, and it scarred you really bad in the face, and uh, kind of forced you to hide your scars from that day forward. And then later in down the line, like a couple months later, there was another fire. Same thing happened to your father. He also got completely hypnotized by this fire. I don't understand why. So uh, many years go by, and now it's present day. And uh, you decide to, to visit a, a specialist. You know, you want to see what, why is this happening? Like, is this going to happen to me? So uh, you have an appointment with a specialist. You're waiting at the, the university. Uh, of Michigan, and that's in Ann Arbor. There's this guy that studies, you know, hypnotism and and uh, psychology and all that. You think maybe he can give you some answers? And uh, you're kind of waiting in you know, the, this guy's office. It's really nice. It's really ornate. There's a nice roaring fireplace. Yeah, as you are waiting for this guy, it's your first meeting with him. You don't really know what to expect. You're kind of nervous. You wonder if he's going to look more uh, into things than you want but uh he this guy comes stumbling in you know and you realize that it's he's kind of been late like he kind of kind of were waiting there a long time and uh and he uh dust into roll a perception check not that perceptive six yes. yeah. <laughs> you think something's probably wrong with this guy you can't quite put your finger on it and uh he stumbles a little closer and then a little closer and then maybe too close and uh, you kind of get up and uh, table. Uh, there's a end table that's kind of between you and him and uh, you see that he's not right he almost looks like he's sick like really sick he's as white as a ghost his, uh, his mouth doesn't really have any blood on it or anything but you see a big wound on his side, and so uh, it's up to you. Do you want to try to reason with him, or you want to just run? It's kind of terrifying. I am very scared right now, so I think I will run. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Can I try running over the couch? Yeah. You might want to make a... Uh, you know what? Roll a d20. Uh, as you as you go to uh, run over the couch, you kind of uh, trip, and uh, you'll need so you use one action to go over the couch and trip and fell. So you'll need another action to pick yourself up. I'll have a third one after that. Okay, I get up. All right. Continue your uh, your move towards the door. I assume. Yes. All the while, while this is happening, uh, this professor is kind of just drooling stumbling towards you he's kind of slow but uh you you end up finding the the way to the door and uh 
you quickly make a mad dash out of the uh, the office, kind of running, bolting through the hallways. You're from one moment you're in this office, and then the next moment you're in uh, this playing field, like a uh, the university, and uh, you see a couple people uh, in the uh, stadium and right in the open. Uh, now it's time for Ash. Ash catch up things back to a simpler time. Um, his dad was never part of his life for as long as he can remember, but uh, didn't really bother him. Then him and mom just uh, hoofing it for themselves. <laughs> and boy, right. uh, when he was really young, he moved from Florida to uh, a mysterious land of many creatures and terrifying wildlife known as Australia. <laughs> and, uh, uh, not really having a lot of friends in the school he was at. Uh, he quickly uh, befriended this exotic veterinarian, uh, like safari expert type guy. Uh, he visited his high school to teach a lesson one day, like a guest lesson. And uh, they just became friends, you know, kind of like a mentor, other figure type thing. Uh, this vet, uh, his name is Professor Pine. He would pay uh, visits to uh, Ash's house. You know, he helped train his little iguana pet that he had at that time. Wow, uh, he's showing him tricks. You know, how to how to train him to do tricks. So yeah, he basically was becoming a father figure to you, and uh, gave you this very coveted rhino beetle. Finally, Ash started uh, actually making friends. Uh, now that he had this uh, cool rhino beetle, yeah was making friends in uh, through Professor Pine, uh, who had contacts into the bug fighting realm, which is a very strange and little known thing, <laughs> through fighting in these uh, tournaments uh, with these beetles. Uh, Ash's rhino beetle was extremely formidable. Usually always, he'd always come out on top. Killing all, killing all the other bugs, but uh, eventually met this other kid named Gary, which is this douchebag you see uh, Gary. <laughs> in the stadium right here. Gary! And, uh, of course, his Gary. scorpion uh, used an illegal move to scorpion. kill uh, Ash's rhino beetle. Obviously, Ash was devastated. Uh, couldn't imagine that his rhino beetle could ever lose, and uh, since then... And then this guy, Gary, formed a never-ending rivalry. It'd go years kind of without seeing each other until uh, finally he got word of a kind of tournament that they were practicing for uh, down in U of M. Ash reluctantly left the wonderful uh, country of Australia to pursue his vengeance even further. Mom, I gotta go on a and, journey uh, to become a, an animal master. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta train them all. And uh, as you guys are about to do battle with your bugs or whatever you have, you're probably using your iguana. I trained them to be a deadly and efficient killer. <laughs> Before you guys are about to do your epic Pokemon battle, familiar friend walks onto the field and you quickly recognize him as Professor Pine. Professor Pine! What are you doing here? <laughs> 
and uh, says, well, uh, waiting to see you here. Waiting to see what you've become. After all, maybe you'll finally be able to eat my son, Harry. I promise you, Professor Pine, I won't let you down! (laughs) You know, I must confess all this time. Yeah, just trying to get close to your mother. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like you much, but uh, I needed my son Gary here to uh, have a formidable opponent uh, to fight against. So, uh, I think you're kind of formidable now. You've betrayed my trust! What do you think, Gary? I won't forget this, Professor Pine! (laughs) And, uh, got this epic rivalry going on. And, uh, at this moment you see a, uh, the crazy guy with a bandana over his face, uh, kind of running around in the field. He's kind of looking behind him, running from something, and uh, he quickly runs okay. into. Uh, <laughs> while looking behind him, he just mows down uh, Gary and Professor Mine. <laughs> now I call that righteous justice. Hey, <laughs> what are you lot coming over here for? Get in the stands with the rest of the crowd. We're starting to fight here. As you look behind uh, where uh, this guy, crazy guy, the bandana was running from, you kind of see what he was running from, and, and uh, it's all these people wandering. Guys, we need to run. <laughs> when, do you, when do you roll a perception check, Just uh, you kind of immediately <laughs> see that there's uh, some crazy threat here. These people do not look normal. Uh, one of them is missing an arm bone is sticking out of his torso and uh, you immediately see that there's nothing he can do here. So you guys run from sheer utter fear, doing this other stranger with the bandana. You're kind of running ahead of Gary and Professor Pine. Right, good luck you two! And uh... (laughs) I don't gotta run faster than them, just faster than you! (laughs) Professor Pine says uh, you haven't seen the last of me. The uh, Volkswagen, if you recall, uh, picked up uh, Blake as well as uh, Axel. And on the way to Ann Arbor, Hopper into the city, radio is just keeps picking up more and more crazy uh, uh, broadcasts. Um, now that they're now they're telling people to shelter in place, and there is martial laws, extreme emergency, cannibals running wild. Uh, Sven's kind of like, man, we gotta get to shelter, man. There's no way, like, we gotta get to Ann Arbor. I, I don't know what we're gonna do. Oh, uh, you've obviously never been in the outback if you think this is an issue. Oh, it's just tricking <laughs> the government, man. He's kind of having to hop the curb and go to the sidewalk to avoid some of these cars that people just kind of left right in the middle of the street for some reason. And uh, sees this, uh, there's this iguana in the road. And uh, Sven, the driver, is like, "Whoa, man! I can't, I can't hit any living being, man! I'd rather die than than hit any other living being, man!" I wouldn't. <laughs> so he swerves uh, like crazy. It's a the dinosaur. Van spins out, knocks into another uh, Ford pickup truck, and uh, slams into the corner of the store here. And uh, while swerving, it kind of sideswipes our friends. Uh, and, and Ash 
both take a 1 to 10 damage. Oi! Watch where you're driving! Americans, every time! That really okay. hurt. Dustin, you take 6 damage from that. So you guys awaken from the crash, all of you, and you're completely surrounded by scent of smoke and gunpowder. You hear screams going on in the streets. So you see uh, amongst the people is uh, things that you've all seen by now. Uh, they're, they're zombies. I mean, by all accounts, you know what a zombie is. They're zombies. They're extremely fast, though, and uh, you guys kind of emerged from getting yourself up off the sidewalk. Axel and Blake kind of crawl out of the wreckage of the van. Uh, Sven is nowhere to be nowhere to be found. So what do you guys do? You have no weapons oh. as of now. Alright, first I'm gonna check if my dinosaur's okay. So you uh, check under the van and uh, you find that your lizard is your, your iguana, rather. Iguanas, come here! Is, uh, Get on my shoulder! He hops Good on. Good girl. Luckily, luckily, the hippie weirdo swerved, or he would have just flattened it completely. <laughs> you can't run out in the street without checking both ways, Iguana! What have I told you? I've told you a hundred times! So, there are uh, alleyways. You guys should be acting uh, pretty fast here, because uh, 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 the other people are running around distracting well, we the should, dead. There are a couple where should, that are. Where should we be heading? We need, to lock down, we need to lock down a shelter! Open <laughs> this way. You guys are planning on running east, is that or west? I mean, uh, yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> I don't have to be faster yeah. than them, but it's gonna be faster than all the rest of them. Right. I'm gonna okay. be observing their behaviors and try to break down the behavioral patterns. Okay. All right. You make a perception check. Fifteen. That's really that. high. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you uh, just kind of see more of what you saw. At Man, the these things are weird. All right, I reckon we should probably get to safety and observe from a safer location. Come on, I gotta report all this. Let's go. <laughs> uh, let's Why follow the madman who just about ran me over in the van. I wasn't driving. They're just trying the newest extreme sport. You guys are moving that way, and uh, Axel and Austin, what do you guys choose to do? Grab the axle. As a weapon. <laughs> the axle <laughs> rips it off the van. You're trying to rip it off the van. Pull a strength check with disadvantage. Why? Because <laughs> it's extremely hard to rip an axle off a vehicle. Nine. Wait, wait, wait. What do you have? What's your strength? The ten. Damn. Actually, do it. <laughs> so uh, amazingly, uh, there's a there's a fragment of the axle that is usable as a weapon. It was hanging off from the wreckage. <laughs> you, you pry off a piece of the axle, so you can add it to your inventory. So it's very appropriate that Axel has found an axle. At that time, there's a zombie on the street that is approaching you. He's pretty close, and uh, also to Ash. Ash, catch up. So a zombie approaching you guys now. So what do you choose to do? I want to look <laughs> for something in the cab of the van. Okay. There is this uh, store here too. I want to go in there instead. Okay. The um, building. The restaurant. The restaurant. restaurant. So there is. There's a kitchen or 
or just since the the wreckage kind of knocked a lot of things over, there's some broken chairs. Maybe you could probably have a chair leg. Is there a janitor's closet? Butter knives. You know, yeah, you know what? Just roll perception uh, three times. Do what you can come up with. That's a win. Oh, this is a win. Yeah, there is a janitor's closet. Were you looking for something in particular? Like chemicals that light shit on fire. Oh, sorry. Stop on fire. <laughs> Since you got the perception, I will say, uh, yeah, there's definitely alcohol because it is a restaurant. Yes. Yes. It works. Liquor. How many uh, Molotovs can I make? Um, no, three <laughs> Molotovs. Okay, so that will end your turn, and uh, no zombies really seem to notice you. <clears throat> but now it is Blake's turn. I'll swing around. You come around and, and punch this thing right in the face. <laughs> You're approaching the zombie? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, just... I'll uh, d20. This is for having sex with my mom. <laughs> Uh, ten hits, so a punch it punches a one to four. Hmm, that is a uh, that is a critical damage. Um, since you were running, I'm gonna say that it knocks it back. I need to cross, I need to cross right like that once on a sound bin Now comes to Ash's turn. Right Art next to you has a, a door open. Which door? Rip the door off and hit him with it. <laughs> uh, the driver and passenger side are both wide open. I'm gonna jump into the passenger side. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna close the right. door. I'm closing the door. <laughs> Alright. I'm locking it. And then I'm gonna close the driver's door. I'll make sure all the doors are locked. Uh-huh. I don't know how smart these okay. things are. I need to observe the <laughs> intelligence. And I'm gonna start looking all around right. for something I can use as a weapon. We'll start with a glove box. Maybe there's a gun in there. Hello, 1d20. Sir. I have three. Uh, nope, no gun. Much, uh, nothing. I'm a pencil shirt. Unfortunately. Man. What about in the back seat? Is there anything in the. Anything? I can't be in the trunk. The trunk is on the outside of the car. I'm locked inside. No, I know, but they got the. The, uh, the the seat. The seats fold back? Down, you can look. Try and yoink on them and see. Alright, let's try that. Is there. Was there anything in the back seat? Yeah, roll another, uh. Roll another 1d20. One for the trunk and one for the backseat. A six and a nineteen. Oh, the six doesn't get anything. The nineteen. <laughs> Roll a d one hundred. Do it yet. Eighty-one. Completely random. Completely random. Oh my goodness. Really? It's a double barrel uh, over under shotgun. It's a twelve gauge. What is it? Yeah, we'll see. It's loaded. Two shells. It's a double barrel, right? Is that any extra so, ammo? And that's your turn. So it is whispering Axel's turn. There's a zombie approaching you, so... I'm gonna smack him upside the head. Um, yeah, he's lying on the pavement. You knock him completely off of his feet. You run up uh, the part of the axle in hand, lower it at your side, and you quickly raise it up, uh, slash the air. But in the blunt force trauma, <laughs> hitting the skull of the zombie knocks it to the ground. And you have one more action. I say kick a mother down. So uh, you completely cave his skull in. Completely um, blushy pulp. Got another question. And then it would be uh, Dustin's turn. I am here. It's Just doing math in my head. Okay. So with my newly concocted Molotovs, I run out here. 
and I throw them to, like, right here. Like, catch all of these bad boys in the same fire. Yeah, they're in That's my perfect radius to do that. And then I move over here next to reporter guy. Hide behind him. <laughs> all right. Blake? Blake Bender? <laughs> You've only seen me on the news your whole life. No. I think it's Blake's turn. Uh, I want to look around the immediate area on the ground for a weapon. Roll a G20, then. Uh, 15. <laughs> Through my random rolls, you found your random uh, explosive material used for crafting. Not in the fire! No, don't do that, you blow it all up. Zombies are burning. <laughs> Plus, there's a car in the middle of it. No. no, no, no Actually, that, that car no. might, blow might us be all exploding up. any second. Alright, I'm going to throw this explosive material, I suppose. I don't know what it is, but... We'll say it's gasoline. Oh, it's right. it's within range. Just roll a uh, d20. Oh, yeah, you throw it. You throw it almost right, you know, where you're aiming, and uh, it ignites the car, and the car uh -oh. explodes. Uh, there's a huge eruption of flames. It towers high in the sky. Fresh flames, previously weren't there before. Explosion deals 25 damage, but it's enough to uh, kill all these these three zombies. They get. Um, Dustin, you are terrified in flames. Oh no, a pyromaniac, but I'm scared Obia. of fire. <laughs> so you need to make a constitution check. Uh, oh, you, that's not uh, good. Back kind of is pressed against the, the wall behind you, and you're kind of holding it with both hands, like trying to, in some support, the utter fear, it's a raging fire. Uh, you feel like it's almost starting to consume you. You all feel the heat. At least, you know, you guys in the immediate area. But uh, you'll be unable to move next to action. Next, it's Ash's uh, turn. Um, so how close are the flames to this car? Uh, only, like, uh, each one of these is five feet, so. Right. Um, like ten feet away. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to hotwire the vehicle. Make an intellect check. Thirteen. I'm, I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> Apparently, you kind of fumble with uh, the wires, and then you kind of realize that there's really any gas in it. Maybe that's why it was stuck on the side of the street. You don't know, but either way, it doesn't work. Fine. All right, I'm gonna get out. <laughs> I'm gonna get out the vehicle and go to the one up here. Gonna try. The next vehicle up. Is it, are the doors unlocked on it, or? Mm, that's a good question. They're unlocked. All right. I'm gonna pop it open. I'm gonna search the vehicle. All right. Well, uh, D20. All right. Uh, 16 for the vehicle search. I'm sorry. Pocket knife. A pocket knife. A Swiss? No, no. It's a simple, simple uh, foldable knife. Mainly used for I don't know if you wanted to craft uh, something with a blade. From the side streets and alleys, they're coming from the buildings. They're crawling from under cars. They're Time to sc rising up here. from from bodies. They're rising up from bodies that you didn't see were there before. And there's just this utter huge swarm, and they're coming. Let's run. You guys are booking it for the alley, I presume. Yes. yes. But uh, you guys will need to all pass a tech check. Oh, uh, as the zombies are closing in on you, they're becoming extremely close. To, to run past them, you successfully uh, overcome your tech. So must you rolling over or under my tech? Roll under. Oh, good. 
One. Actually, the nat one is still a failure. Just as a uh, nat 20 is still a success. Even though you're trying to roll under. So Dustin and uh, Blake both get uh, kind of mid strides or kind of thrown to the ground. The very cold grasp of the dead. Military Humvees are rolling through a couple uh, soldiers and running around. Right, I never really did trust me, the US military. We better get out of here. Uh, so anyways, I started blasting. I wouldn't do that. All right. <laughs> you gonna try to shoot the zombie that's grappling? Yeah! That sounds like a right. shotgun. Yeah, that sounds like a right good idea to me. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna take aim. And I'm gonna kill me. Don't miss. <laughs> I got a better idea. Guanas! Get him! My guanas gonna <laughs> leap onto his back. He's gonna start scratching and biting. <laughs> Does one damage. <laughs> the right. zombie kind of uh, spots it away almost uh, inadvertently. So you guys are wrestling uh, with the zombies and iguana sending out um, one of these uh, soldiers shoots. Yeah, he has an M, uh, M4. He uh, shoots a zombie and breaks uh, its grasp on Dustin and uh, the fire. He also hits Dustin as well. Ow. Oi! You a crazy madman over there! I'm dead. 16. <laughs> so if your health is at zero, you'll need to make your uh, death saving throws at this point. <laughs> and I just started. Jeez. <laughs> Zombie attacking Blake is uh, going to strength check against his strength, rolling over, uh, and he does. Three damage to you is thrashing you around uh, against the ground, kind of preventing him from taking uh, a bite into you. There's shots uh, being fired, there's people screaming, there's zombies moaning. Everything kind of goes black. And uh, somehow you guys all managed to persevere. Since that day, uh, 15 years goes by. You guys have all become friends kind of walk away from that day and uh you have your lives yes um while dustin was extremely injured um they were able to and uh with that we'll pick back up next time 15 years into the future you guys were meant to kind of <laughs> be stuck in this very hairy situation thanks everybody for listening uh, we appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoy this next season. I'm excited. Uh, this next couple episodes are probably going to be pretty interesting with the time jump and everything else and figuring out uh, what the heck's going on. So, appreciate it, yeah. everybody, for listening. And thanks, Joey, for doing this. And tune in for the next episode. Thanks for listening.